Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, in his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom. And thanks always to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guest always sound so good. Today's episode is sponsored by OC4 Ventures, a new venture studio and fund that I am a part of here in Orange County. We are looking for and identifying the most exciting and promising tech entrepreneurs here, and we'll support them with capital, with coaching, with collisions, with the great talent who's here in our community, and connecting them broader into the community as well. Those are our four C's. And if you are or you know one of those entrepreneurs, send them my way, or you can go to oc4v.com. I am super excited to have my friend Kurt Johnson here today. And before we get to talk to Kurt, his leadership philosophies and go through his incredible journey and career as an entrepreneur, let me tell you a little bit about Kurt. He is currently the founder and CEO of his most recent startup called Freight Pop, which he tells me will be his last. Uh, and Freight Pop is a cloud-based software that makes logistics simple. They will provide one login for all the transportation management, so things such as inbound and outbound and freight management across all the different types that a company could possibly need. He is a grizzled startup veteran. Um, having done six of them. Uh, so he absolutely is characterized as a serial entrepreneur. And he's gone from his garage to $100 million in revenue, which is a very, very rare accomplishment. And we'll talk about that today. He's also had two exits, and he's had two acquisitions. He also has received the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And this last startup, as he tells me, is the most important one that he's ever done. And so we'll we'll delve into that a little bit as well. But before Freight Pop, he started a company called Horizon Technology 20 years ago in his garage and started in the PC refurbishing and parts business. And after 20 years of consistent growth and profitability, uh, as I mentioned, he got to $100 million in revenue, which is just amazing. Uh, and you know, part of where Kurt and I have really connected is about people. He is super passionate about building the right kind of culture and environment of people that creates opportunity and engagement for them. He's created a hopes and dreams program for his employees. And he also has a leadership program that every new staff member goes through. And so we will definitely uh, talk more about that today. And also provides paid time off to all his employees to volunteer in their community. He is just doing so many things right as a leader. Um, and beyond that, Kurt is one of the smarter guys uh, that I know as well. Um, he graduated college with high honors. He continues to learn. Uh, I want. I saw that he recently completed a class on data science at, at UCI. So we'll definitely have to talk about that today. I'm not sure I could even pass that class. Kurt, it's <laughs> really great to have you here. Thanks, Kerry. I, it's just a privilege to be on your show. And uh, just to be a part of what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. So let's get to the starting line here at Accelerate OC. Uh, I tease a little bit about Freight Pop, but 
tell the audience about it and, and how you got to the point of really deciding to start the company. Sure. So uh, as you mentioned, it's one login for all transportation management. It's kind of an Expedia for shipping across all forms of freight transportation. That could be truck or airplane or uh, ship or rail or camel or carrier pigeon, <laughs> whatever you ship product, uh, we can cover that in, in Freypop. So um, we, we like to say we help our customers ship smarter and ship easier. And really the, the genesis of it was um, over the last 20 years, the company you mentioned, Horizon Technology, a parent company, uh, we, we learned so many shipping hacks and mm. logistics hacks over the years of just trying to figure it out. Uh, so every, everything we learned over 20 years of, of being a distributor mm -hmm. um, and, and getting to that, um, that high point revenue of $100 million, uh, we, we poured into Freypop and uh, put it into one platform. And, uh, and we were actually pleasantly surprised to discover a market out there that had just it has low adoption in terms of automation for transportation management systems. And uh, just a fantastic opportunity, and that's that's one of the big reasons um, why I felt this is this market, this opportunity is too big to uh, to not go after. That's a that's a really interesting way to get to an opportunity is sort of hacking through things for years and years, and then finally realizing, hey, wait, there are probably a bunch of other people out there that are hacking this as well. What if we? really solved it in a, in a more elegant way. So I would imagine, too, that over the 20 years that you were at, at it with Horizon, that there were other opportunities like that that you maybe were hacking or, uh, or saw. What was it that led you specifically on the, the shipping and um, transportation side? I, I think it was uh, probably timing, number one, I'll mm. talk about in a minute, okay. but... Um, also, the nature of the opportunity in the, in the market outside of Horizon and, and what we saw out there. We had, a, as, as you mentioned, I had a couple other. This is, Freypop is actually the, the fourth company within Horizon, and mm -hmm. um, a couple of them we sold off. So we've incubated this as the third one after Horizon. The other ones were, were fairly small, and they were also born from some of the pain points that, that we went through as a company uh, and some of the markets that we felt like there's an opportunity outside for. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think having an entrepreneurial culture, there's almost nothing you feel like you can't do. Sure. And it's a kind of a blessing and a curse That's because right. Right. You've, you feel like the solution's not out there in the marketplace, so let's just build it in-house here. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I, th I think you get uh, sort of married to that solution and you love it and you say, wow, every everybody will love this. So mm -hmm. you want to you offer it out in the marketplace. Oh, it just so happened to Freypop, the, the marketplace and the opportunity was just much, much bigger than any of the others that we had looked at before mm -hmm. and the timing of it. It's always, uh, I think timing is one of the most important criteria and factors in startup yes. success. Absolutely. Maybe maybe team is second and then, mm -hmm. you know, the innovation um, potential of the product is third, but but timing is uh, is certainly the most important thing. And with the there's fairly low adoption rates in transportation management systems. Uh, maybe Gartner puts it at somewhere I'd say aggregate around 25 to 30 percent wow. of uh, companies that have adopted. Of course, enterprise um, transportation management's been around for decades. Mm -hmm. Um, but that solution, we tried that. You know, we we actually we went 17 years with spreadsheets, wow. and you know got the most we could out of spreadsheets. And mm -hmm. then our my um, director of operations came and begged for a solution, some mm -hmm. software, and we used one of the enterprise 
solutions out there. And after a couple of years of just not really taking care of our needs and it wasn't configurable mm. and it didn't connect to any of our other um, systems internally or externally, uh, we decided that we, we could build it ourselves. And we did. And mm -hmm. we had, you know, one eye on the outside market to, to uh, really look at it, the potential of it. So we built it ourselves and um, we really liked the solution. We feel like it was um, born from our experience and and more of a, a shipper perspective than someone out someone that's building software mm -hmm. or someone that's mm -hmm. uh, been in logistics so we, we felt uh, coming from the shipper perspective and make it really easy to use easy to evaluate one login across all the systems make it um, massively connected to the mm -hmm. um, to the outside like to carriers and to marketplaces to shop rates uh, make it seamlessly connected to the internal tech stack of our customers so uh, they could we can connect to the ERPs the WMSs the CRMs mm -hmm. so really the the uh, the workflow and um, the process that's already in the company doesn't need to change mm -hmm. they don't need to migrate over to a whole different platform a whole different solution um, we sit within their tech stack and we connect seamlessly internally and externally able to to uh, optimize workflows save uh, time and and labor and um, also save on rates well that, that, it sounds like you have, have definitely cracked open a, a huge opportunity here so talk to me about when you were really starting to to decide, hey, we're going to go for this and, and really try to build it. Was the customer or ecosystem community that you were a part of, did that influence your decision? Meaning, could you take the problem to a bunch of the customers that you were distributing to or others to see if they had a similar, or was this a whole new customer segment that you were going to have to go potentially penetrate you know it, it's really the latter it was a whole mm. new customer segment um it was just a whole different level of customer discovery and mm -hmm. and um, market research out there but it it, it it was something we weren't familiar with mm -hmm. um which has some risk oh for sure absolutely uh lots of risks although you know one of the differences in this startup is we employed the lean startup principles eric reese's mm. principles mm -hmm. um pretty early on and pretty deep and there's just a whole industry around that now mm -hmm. and a lot of great mm -hmm. content about it so uh, we relied heavily on that mm -hmm. and uh, and I think that de-risked it significantly. That's great. So I know we've talked about uh, off the air this is the first of your startups where you've raised outside capital so That's you've right. actually raised some venture capital. How's that experience been as someone who hasn't historically done that? Uh, very different. Uh, I'd consider myself a blue collar bootstrapper. Uh, never taken outside money, and we've had um, uh, debt capital, mm -hmm. which is obviously much cheaper form of capital. I, it's it's been different, but it's been gratifying. I, I think one, uh, it's it's really this this is an opportunity that doesn't lend itself well to bootstrapping. It's capital mm -hmm. intensive. That's that's probably one of the first factors. Uh, so. Over the last maybe four or five years, I've really intentionally been out in the in the local um, community here, building relationships with guys like you, and you've been just a huge part of facilitating that. So I'm uh, deeply grateful to you for that. Of course, uh, and my uh, the the ultimate connector here you are. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that's one is is having these relationships and then um, being able to raise that money has been um, certainly a blessing, but. Beyond that, the advice and the guidance you get, if mm -hmm. you can, 
you raise the right, uh, you raise from the right investors like we have. We've been very fortunate there. And uh, although it's not always comfortable, the accountability is, mm -hmm. is, is fantastic for mm -hmm. growth. And, and we really appreciate that as well. So let, let's go under the hood on that a yeah. little bit more. Uh, what, what have you done differently in a, in a freight pop? You talked just briefly about accountability there versus your other businesses. Um, anything that you have really approached us, you mentioned lean startup as well, but are, right. are there other things that you've done differently as a result of, of, of capitalizing it the way you have or approaching it? Well, I, I think having a new set of stakeholders, these mm -hmm. investors, um, adds a different dimension. I think there's a there's a bit more of a formality and mm -hmm. structure that's um, at least implied, mm -hmm. uh, and I, all, all very positive. Um, but it's but you know strategically, the the planning cycles are a little bit different. We're more careful on the market research and the customer discovery. Uh, we're just, I think it's, we're more methodical than mm -hmm. we've been and, and more um, plan-oriented and uh, numbers-oriented. And, uh, you know, one of the things that has always fascinated me is this sort of difference between the um, soft edge of culture and the hard edge of execution, mm -hmm. uh, if you've heard of that before. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we've always been pretty good at the hard edge of execution. And so to to be able to align with investors and, and their reporting requirements and met and their metrics driven. So that's um, been sort of an easy transition for us. Bless you. Thank you. That's been an easy transition for us. You know, the soft, soft edge of culture we've uh, worked on evolving and developing over the last 10 years. And that, that's mm -hmm. been a heck of a journey. Well, and I feel like that it's, it's a really interesting point you raise because um, I, I find you to be such a, you know, what I'll call a, a culture keeper, a culture warrior in how you think about that with such intentionality and such care for your people. And I actually think that has the opportunity to build way bigger, more impactful businesses and that it's not just about numbers, right? And and I think the, the really thoughtful... Uh, investors and, and venture capitalists really understand that. So, how, you know, so to me, you, you seem fully in the right balance of being able to, to do that um, in the way that today's best talent and the right time horizon probably requires. So how, how do you think about that? Yeah, it, it is that balance. And I think you have to start with why. Mm -hmm. And being on the other side of the investor founder table i've been on both sides um being part of the cove funds over at applied innovation has been a fantastic experience uh and, and evaluating startups mm -hmm. that are looking for funding uh, you know I, I one of the big questions i ask is why are you doing this mm -hmm. you know do you have skin in the mm -hmm. game is the second one mm -hmm. and why are you doing mm -hmm. this so i i think it starts with that and the, the founder or founding team has to really answer the question why and mm -hmm. for me uh, you, you mentioned, you know, I told you in private conversations, yeah, this is going to be my last one. And I'm pretty sure it is. But uh, it, and I, <laughs> I, I won't hold you yeah, to it, no, I promise. Thank you. I just, I, I don't know, one day at a time. That's right. right. That's but right. I, 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 um, I think I was all but sort of resigned to being done with mm -hmm. startups a few years ago, but I was going through a program, the master's program. Uh, it's Bob Shank um, teaches this, mm. and it's, a, yes. it's, it's how to identify your calling. And, um, Right smack in the middle of this, this opportunity for Freypop 
kind of surfaced within mm -hmm. our company. And uh, so I, you know, essentially the why for me is I felt called to do mm -hmm. a faith-driven startup. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it really just kind of grew from there. And it was, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, for me, my, my mantra is um, by his grace for his glory. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my why. And I have a fantastic team that um, I, I want to see succeed. Mm -hmm. I want to pour into. I, I want them to prosper uh, and and grow, mm. and I think that that really drives it for me. But you know, for us, you talked about culture and the importance of it. Um, you know, we just decided that we've we have different stakeholders. We've got the investors, we've got customers who we you know we want to just provide exceptional, just be obsessive about customer experience, and then employees. We want to love on them, and I think if you're going to love on employees you have to grow them mm -hmm. and growing mm -hmm. them professionally. So that's opportunities for sure. Um, growing them financially, um, growing them personally, growing them spiritually. I think having that perspective has changed the way that we, that we do the culture mm -hmm. at Frey Pop. And we're just starting to lay in the, the culture values now because we have probably enough people to make it, mm -hmm. to get some traction. And I have a, um, a good friend. He's actually an investor in the company too. And, I um, asked him if I could, we could borrow or steal his mm. culture values, his, or he calls them the five Fs, um, faith, family, finance, which, he's, which is work, uh, and then fitness, and then fun. Mm. So I, I, I love the order of those, mm -hmm. and I think it, it really speaks to the soft edge of culture and what's important. And everybody's faith, you can be different, doesn't, mm. you sure. know, it's not uh, monolithic, but family is important. And, you know, in the day-to-day, you're going to find uh, scenarios where, okay, Kerry wants to go coach his kid's soccer mm -hmm. team. Basketball, uh, in my case. Basketball, sure. thank yes. you. <laughs> Sorry, you kids. Uh, but, you know, that that's important. We have to remember that, oh, oh, that's right, family comes above work. Yes. So, you know, within reason and within, mm -hmm. you know, make up the time and be as flexible as we can. So I, I think having culture values like that um, set a good framework yes. on how to act every day, how we treat customers, how we treat employees. And, and as you said, with employees, um, creating a culture of opportunity is critical. Mm. One, of, one of my favorite stories, I'll give you an example, is, um, and this was in the Horizon culture over the years, uh, we've, we've had a number, about three or four, shipping and receiving warehouse um, employees, staff, mm -hmm. that have um, learned to code mm. and, and done development. Mm -hmm. And we just the, the the funny story was we the first guy we we had outsourced um, switched over to Microsoft Dynamics and we were trying to get our our uh, this custom reporting and mm -hmm. I was so frustrated because the outsourced partner couldn't provide it so I sort of kiddingly just started asking people hey can you figure this out do you want to code and <laughs> and um, one of the guys took me up on it and you know we bought him a book that's how we learned that's great and he did it and he pulled it off and he turned into a developer and now we still have develop we've had developers that have learned it you know self-taught in classes that we put them through and then they coded for us and they went on to bigger and better so we that's we, amazing yeah we love that that's part of our hopes and dreams program when we uh, we sit with employees and ask them you know we we fully recognize that they may not be there for their whole career it's, mm -hmm. it's not the 50s anymore but if they'll commit to the company goals and mission sure. um you know likewise we'll commit to theirs and then we try to identify what they are and you know some of them maybe they don't know they're going to be a developer but it comes up during that but we've had uh we had someone that ran our quality team that uh he was a veteran actually a marine and 
he wanted to be uh, in law enforcement and had a hard time passing the test. And we happened to have a very uh, grizzled CFO with a lot of life experience that coached him through the mm-hmm. test, passed the test, and we lost one of our best employees. But lo and behold, he's on to his dreams. So I, I, stories like that are what makes it special. Yes. The journey special. And to really, it's it's our obligation, our responsibility to offer those opportunities. And there's, you know, there's, there's not, they're not high risk. Yes. So we, we love those. Those are amazing stories. And I, and I think that speaks to the kind of differentiated culture that you, you create and it, it bears the, it bears fruit for sure. Right. Right. Richard Branson said, you know, I'm going to train and equip my people so well that they could go anywhere. Um, <laughs> and they will. And they probably, uh, <laughs> but they'll, but more of them will probably stay. Right. Assuming the opportunities right. are there because I think people start to realize that isn't the way most of the rest of the world operates. That's right. And so sometimes, I mean, I, I, I've definitely spoken to other entrepreneurs who have done um, that, that kind of investment in their people to see that those people move on to other things and in some cases come back for another season, right? And so I that's think right. those, that, you know, that, that's always that idea of um, it's buy for now. Yeah. And not maybe for, for all time. And, and I think, you know, what I've experienced in, in my career is that some of those folks that um, we had a season together, but there was such a, a bond that I know you build with, with your folks that not knowing, as you said earlier, one day at a time what the future holds, um, there may be another season where it does make sense to, to bring that group back together. And, and I think the, the trust and the camaraderie that you have just can accelerate your ability to to rekindle and, and put that back together. It, it drives engagement, no yes. doubt. And, you know, we've, we have, you mentioned um, uh, pay time off for community mm-hmm. service. And you know, we've learned that we want to do it as a team because mm-hmm. that's really where you get to connect. And mm-hmm. you're not in the, in the rush of the sure. day of, uh, of working and executing on a plan. So you, you get to know somebody mm-hmm. and you get to, you get to know them personally. But, but those, um, those connections are strong too. And I think getting people outside of their, um, their self, I mean, we obviously live in a sort of a mm-hmm. self selfish culture, uh, but to, to have opportunities like that really drive engagement and they drive the, um, team building and, and we, you know, we're, we're big on those and, and, uh, we've, we've seen the dividends of them for sure in yep. the, in the team building and, um, just really engagement and, and empowerment of the of the people. And, and plus the impact you can have beyond, yes. you know, a group of people coming together like that and just seeing that, you know, you're able to, to take the resources you have within your company to also impact right. other communities is always a, a really gratifying experience. Absolutely. So... You, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you've done several startups. Um, I saw you, you had recently taken a, a data science class at, at UCI. You, how do you, and this is something I, I think a lot about for myself, how do you keep yourself sharp and relevant as an entrepreneur in the technology world um, in, in 2019, 2020, and, and all the change that's uh, always afoot? Well, I, I think it's about learning. I have a passion for learning. Um, I that's just a gift I got from God. Yeah. Um, but however, I think it, it can be, uh, you know, I've, I've tend to be annoyingly curious mm. and ask a lot of questions and I, whether it's, I resemble that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I get to sit on this side. I get to ask all the questions. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I haven't started with my questions on you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think I've, I can be annoying on that and just asking a lot of questions. But I think it, it is sort of just an innate curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's, especially with the with tech and how fast it moves mm-hmm. and the compressed business cycles. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be that um, it, it, it was hard to start a company and easy to grow, and it's yes. kind of flipped. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's really easy to start a company but hard to grow it. And I think that's that's a reflection of the business cycles being compressed and the amount of information that's out there and those that, you know, the the ones that do great, the champions are the learners. They're the ones that can can distill all the information that's out there and net it down and, and be mm-hmm. able to act on it. Yep. Yeah, I think you are you're right on with that. So what what's ahead for Freight Pop in, in twenty twenty? Uh, you know, it seems like you've really hit your stride this year from the conversations that we've had and the team seems to be firing on, uh, yeah. you know, almost all cylinders. And so what, what do you see ahead for you next year? It, it, well, I, you know, it's, I think we've got a great year ahead of us. Um, we're out raising our second round of uh, venture mm-hmm. money right now. Um, we're hiring, you were hiring, uh, tech talent and full stack developers and director of engineering and we're hiring salespeople. So, uh, we're going to be growing the team. That's, that's always exciting. That is. Uh, we're growing the platform. You know, we still, we want to stick to our vision of having this massively connected platform, uh, for, with one login for all shipping and logistics. And where we're adding to that now is the ability to, um, to, to rate shop and get discounted rates from mm-hmm. preferred partners and marketplaces out there. So we're, we're building a lot of that into the, into the platform. So um, that's really exciting. And then, uh, you know, I think laying in the foundations of the culture, um, but mm-hmm. I, I think we've got a, we've, we have, we talk about this among the internal team. By the way, got a great internal team, a couple of co-founders, Doug Henriquez is, um, he's been with me for almost 20 years wow. at Horizon, and he ran operations, and he's the domain expert in logistics and operations. And it's really um, his passion and his mm. idea. He's, he inspires us all with his ridiculous work ethic and hours. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and then running our revenue side is Justin Dixon. He was a VP of sales over at Dealer Socket. So, um, another again, great Orange County story. Another great Orange County story. And we have this sort of weird connection with dealer socket where i think people that are involved in their the success of um their model look at freight pop and say yeah that it's a little bit it's a different market it's a different customer mm-hmm. auto dealer versus shippers but they recognize that it's very similar benefits and mm-hmm. we're at a very similar stage as when they started however the market is you know way way bigger mm. in in shippers than it is for auto dealers as mm-hmm. you can imagine so we tend to have this kind of connection and you know anybody that sees our says oh yeah that looks familiar mm. how, how, how can i be a part of it so that's been Very fantastic cool. justin's been great a ton of energy and he's 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 certainly um a, a rising star in the you know revenue generation in orange county and then in the tech scene so be looking for that yeah that's great so you've been here for uh a while Kurt, um, and I've been an entrepreneur here. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the show talking to your colleagues, other entrepreneurs around Orange County. How do you find Orange County as a place to be an entrepreneur? I I, I think it's a little bit underrated. Mm. I think it's a great place. I mean, besides the fantastic weather and all the great things to do here, really the people um, Mm. are what make it special. And, and, once you make the effort to go out 
get outside the company, mm-hmm. outside the walls of the company, and connect with those people in in whatever you know space you're in, whatever industry you're in. I think that makes all the difference, and then you realize how special it is here. Mm-hmm. What you know, I, I feel like um, you know we've just gotten to know each other over the last couple of years. What is it that has has compelled you in the last couple of years to to get out into the community more than maybe you did in the the prior uh, era of of being an entrepreneur? Yeah, it's probably been over the last five years, and and I think um, just maturing mm-hmm. and and understanding that, that there's uh, that's where life is is with people Mm. it's not in Mm. things or Mm. you know even even building a company it's about the people and the people that you develop relationships with and um, that you can touch that you can help so i think you know maybe five or six years ago i kind of realized that and and made the you know intentional effort to go out and and start those relationships that's great so i uh i believe and and I'd love your your perspective on this. I believe that we can build better companies by really being together more and and interconnecting more. And and really, have been trying to champion that with a lot of the the friends that I have here. Who often I think a a, a, a big tendency of entrepreneurs is to to self talk and say, I've got to focus. I've got to I've got to carry the <laughs> the weight and yeah. the water on yeah. this company, and if I don't do it, we're we're likely to fail. And so that prioritization. Um, how how do you think about that? Diff- maybe differently now, or or how to how to help? Um, because I think it often leads also to the entrepreneur even wrapping their identity in their company. And I think everybody's more than just the the company or the business that they're currently leading. So. Um, yeah, it's a, curious, you know, love your reaction to, to this. It, 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 it's a great point. Uh, I think entrepreneurs in general. I'm I'm certainly guilty f- for too long. Was simply focused on that hard edge mm. of execution. On you know, if I don't get it done, it's not going to get done. I, I I just think that that's a a pretty naive perspective to have. And as as you see other cases and study other successful entrepreneurs and other successful people in life you come to realize that, okay, it's not, this is, it's a team game mm. for sure. It's a team game. Mm. It always has been, but I think you have to let go that you're the last line of defense, uh, which for me, a lot of that comes back to my faith and understanding mm. that there's, there's things I can control and there's a heck of a lot of things yeah. I can't control. So to understand which ones fall into which bucket, mm-hmm. uh, I think is liberating and then, um, you know, you go out and you work hard every day. And uh, as long as I do it for the glory of God, then it's going to, it's, it's okay. Mm. That's great. What do you think, you know, you've been out now in the community for the last few years. What are things that you think we can do better as a interconnected innovation community to really, you know, make, maybe make Orange County less underrated and, and, you know, start to lead a little bit more. Yeah, I I think one it's exactly what you're doing and that's connecting people. You know, being I think we all can be facilitators of that, but that seems to be your gift. So, um more of that, you know, I think everybody there's, you know, whether it's more events like your breakfasts or 
um, more just times of, of getting together and, and, and sharing that. But I, I also think some uh, highlighting some of the successes. Yes. Um, like we talked about dealer socket. It's mm-hmm. probably one of them, you know, it's one of the most unknown success stories That's in Orange right. County. You know, what a, what a fantastic story it is. So hearing more about those stories of success mm-hmm. puts us on the map yes. and I think makes others want to, other smart people want to come here and, and join in. Yes. Well, that, uh, I will make the note and, um, I will make sure to reach out to, uh, John Ord and get him on here sometime in, <laughs> in, in 2020. Um, yeah. uh, so that's a, a great reminder. Um, and, and again, somebody I, you know, I met, uh, 10, 12 years ago, even. So yeah. it's been, uh, um, yeah, great, a great story. So, Kurt, uh, unfortunately, Paul's giving me the, the time sign over here, and, the, you know, time always goes too quickly here on Accelerate OC, unfortunately. Yep. But one thing I want you to, you know, you've shared a lot of really a, a good wisdom and perspective on, on how grounded and, and centered you are in, in the way that you show up and, and the way that you operate. But but want you to leave a, a piece of advice or a key lesson with the audience today. So um, sure. final lap, you know, what, what would you like to, to leave with the audience? Sure. I, I'm a big quote guy. I love, love quotes. And uh, we have one wall in our conference room that's dedicated to quotes. There's mm. probably 50 or 60 of them. So um, one, one of my favorite ones there is there's no traffic jam on the extra mile. Mm. Uh, that's Zig Ziglar, you know, going, going back here, but that, I, I think that epitomized, it's, it's so funny because I, I had the notes for our conversation here on the kitchen table and I have my two older kids came in from college last night mm-hmm. and one of them, I think it was probably my son scribbled, apparently read my notes and scribbled on there about that question, work hard, stay humble. Which mm. is which is the same mm. as that, but we've got a, we've got a science kind of our mantra, uh, and we have shirts made up: work hard, stay humble. We have it on the wall. So I, I think just going the extra mile mm. um, sets you apart from so many people and so many companies out there now, or students. If mm-hmm. you're a student, it's the same thing. Just go the extra mile. That's great. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for taking us on this ride today and sharing your wisdom and your leadership approach and lessons and and the entrepreneurial journey uh you know i i can only wish you more continued success with freight pop and know that you're building a company of significance and impact not only in the industry but uh particularly here in orange county you're you're definitely doing your part to accelerate oc welcome to the family thank you i appreciate it and thanks for all you do and and for the opportunity to be on the show you're, you're doing great work keep it up thanks <laughs> You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at accelerateoc.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's Accelerate OC together. 